What is up, everybody? You are listening to Suds Buds, the show where good buds talk good suds with the wonderful workers of the beer industry. As always, I'm here in studio with my good friend Dustin Stelton. Beep, 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 beep. What's happening, dog? Oh, man, just chilling, just chilling. It's been a good day so far. How's your day been? Uh, threw out my back about 14, 15 times, but we're doing all right. We're here now. Just cracked no. it back in place. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't actually do that. A little sore, but we're doing okay. Doing okay? Oh, yeah, we're doing okay. Good. Because we got a awesome show lined up for today. Um, thing we've been doing these past few weeks, we've been doing a little Suds Buds pregame show before we actually introduce our guest. Whoa. Are you saying we're going to drink a pre-show beer? I'm saying... We get to drink beers before we drink beers. Ah, oh, dude, pre-Teddy Teddies. Let's go. <laughs> I'm so down. For those of you who didn't understand that reference, Dustin calls beers Teddies. I'm not quite sure I understand either, but it's a thing and we go with it. And yeah, there's no really rhyme or reason behind it. It's just, you know, it's, it's it is what it is. Um, What are we drinking today? Ho, ho. How about this? You tell me one of them and I'll tell you the other one. We're going to do a little battle today. And this is, I shouldn't say battle because it's all... Good fun. Um, we support all breweries, but today we're going to drink two sours with the same triple berry blend Ooh. from two different breweries, and we're going to see what our favorites are. This is the Dusty Trunks, the Dusty Crumbles, the Dusty Battle today. This is everything that I want out of all beers. Dude, I know you've been putting in some long hours at the brewery. I know this is kind of like uh, close to summer. We're recording this on the 1st of September, so I figured... Why not drink a couple uh, crispy, fruity beers? A couple dusty specials. Dusty specials. Eric, what do you got? Oh, if this was a true battle, by the way, I think the beer in my hand would wholeheartedly kick the beer in your hand's ass. Be- just the thickness. This it's thing is bigger. a weapon. You're going like a, a heavyweight against, like, I got like a welterweight in my hand. Yeah, That's not is, even comparison. This is a double battle axe, and you might have a scimitar. Old RuneScape reference. Well, what do you got in your hand? I have... From Venn Brewing Company, a Cosmosis Triple Berry, which is a sour ale num, 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 with blackberry, raspberry, and boysenberry, which Ooh. still have no idea what boysenberry truthfully is, but hey, we'll enlighten the palate here in a second. Yeah, that sounds real good. Um, now, maybe worth mentioning, we worked together on Sunday at the tap room. Did. And uh, I brought morning. in- a- Early morning, got there at nine thirty together. But I brought in a, a Ven beer that was the Cosmosis Five Alive, a play on the old citrus beverage Five Alive, which is admittedly before my time. But I looked into it, and yeah, basically it was just a, a fruit bomb citrus sour coming in at like eight percent or no wait wasn't it? I think it was like nine nine percent ABV. It was like um, an imperial sour. An imperial <laughs> so what? Yeah, but basically I. It was good, man. It was it was real good. It was a bit much to be cracking like in the late morning, but it was. Oh, it made a skate through like we were on lubed up ice skates. It was it was tasty. We you know enjoyed it responsibly and and sipped that throughout our shift. But it was uh, yeah, it was. I don't think I've had a nine percent sour, but I think this is in that same Cosmosis series that Ven beer that you've got. It so. should. I wonder. I'd really like to contact them and find out what Cosmosis is, because I'm pretty sure it's just something that they can routinely, because they do a lot of small batch stuff. Well, it seems like it's a play on numbers, because if you had the five alive, and then you got the triple berry, there's probably, I wonder if it's like a, a numerical series, is maybe? a double berry and a quadruple berry? Maybe. <laughs> we'll have to investigate. 
But in my hand, I have a beverage from Bent Paddle Brewing Company way up in Duluth, Minnesota. I was actually just there probably a couple months ago now. A fan favorite of Minnesota. Yeah, they got some good stuff. Um, and this is one that's new to me. Um, it's from the Wilderness Tuxedo series, which is not new to me. I had the cucumber lime sour earlier in the summer from that series. I don't know why that just made me think of Sasquatch in a tuxedo. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a good visual. Um, but yeah, this uh, Wilderness Tuxedo series, I've got the American Sour Ale with raspberries, blackberries, and boysenberries. The same berries... What? As your beer. No way. We got beers with the same berries. In theory, they should taste the same, right? That is what we are here to judge. Should we crack open the conversation? Let's do it, man. You cracking yours first and then this one? Do a little side by side? Let's do it in unison. Oh, wait. Wait, Hold on. Let me get get a good grip here. All right. So you're going to... Oh, that was a... Hello. (laughs) That was a frothy one. Dustin got a good spray on that one. Yep. All over my forehead. Okay. Nice. So we're going to pour up two glasses. Let's see if I can actually pour this one today without spilling any. <gasps> Admittedly, crowlers are always tough. And you did spill. That's why we've got this beer tray. I, I keep adding goes, Ham's. And you did spill. <laughs> we've got this beautiful Ham's beer tray. I keep adding Ham's memorabilia slowly God damn it. to All the right. studio, hoping that I'll get you to. I promise I'm not hammered. Bite the bullet and become a Ham's guy. Yeah, you spilled everywhere, man. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good. Um, Dude, these fucking. Cr- they need to figure out a better way. To just do crawlers so the dusties of the world don't do this. It's it's all about the glass tilt. It's all about the glass tilt. I was talking to Nate earlier today, friend of the show. Um, I agree. Crawlers are tough to pour out of. But if you... He was talking about he... He does like a real extreme tilt, but... Okay, here we go. That was a little better. That guy's a man of many talents, I tell you. He really is. Shout out to Nate. Um, cool. So we've got our our little samples poured up here. Let's do a little little trade ski. Get one of each. Um, so let's get these. Let's not make sure we get these uh, get these twisted. So on my bent right paddle. side, I've got the bent paddle. This is the ven. Okay, so this is my ven. That's your ven, and this is your bent paddle. Okay. Well, what would you like to drink first today, sir? Let's let's drink the vens first. Cheers to vens. Cheers to ven. Dude, same color in those too. Uh, yeah, it's it's really close. I would say maybe the Ven one is just slightly darker, but just slightly. So yeah, just slightly. First sip. Very good. Um, really tasty. Um, I I might need to dive in again. It it almost tasted thought i picked up like a little bit of like that 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 vinegar that i get from some sours yeah just a touch but i don't know what are you thinking it's a solid drink as i mean a little biased when it comes to sours just because 98.63 percent of sours that i drink are all winners in my opinion um yeah i'm digging this I'm loving this. this. is super fruity. Not as uh, puckeringly sour as I prefer, but still salt. There's a little weird, little weird tinge of something on the end of that. I don't know what that is. Yeah, I got it the most out of that very first sip right out of the, the glass, but um, it's definitely drier than I was expecting. Mm. Yeah. 
I didn't even think of that. I, I don't know. I, I like it. It's. I think it was just kind of. It's really good, actually. <laughs> I'm picking up on a little bit of a boozy bite in there, too, for coming in at 7%. Just a tad. That's right at the end. Uh, 7.8. That's the other thing worth mentioning is this one is substantially bigger than the uh, the bent paddle one, which we'll get to in a second. That one's The bent paddle comes in at 5% ABV, I believe. Oh, yeah. This is solid. So, E-Man, what have you been up to today? So, today was my kind of my Sunday, even though we're recording on a Tuesday. I've always got Mondays and Tuesdays off. That's my weekend. Um, today was pretty chill, actually. Hung out uh, hung out with my girlfriend for a little bit this morning, had lunch, um, made some, some ahi tuna and some Ooh. rice and broccoli. It was real tasty. Um, then Nate, who we mentioned earlier, he came over and... Played some old Nintendo games for a little bit. Uh, played some 007. Ooh, a little GoldenEye? Not GoldenEye. 007, what? The World Is Not Enough. The lesser known classic on the N64. Really? But in my opinion, the slightly better one. Just a little bit crisper, a little bit cleaner. Still good multiplayer? Still good multiplayer. That's what we were playing. We played some split screen. Um, Dave was up here watching it. Uh, screen peeking. Also a friend of the show. Uh, <laughs> he was not playing, so he can screen peek all he wants. But... Uh, yeah, it was a good time. Played some Excite Bike sixty four. Um, enjoyed I, a beverage from Hammerheart. Very nice. Yeah. I think I get as much nostalgia playing that 007 game as I do like playing Halo two. Obviously, Halo three mecca for FPS games, but like Halo one and two are just I get like little kid giggles when I play them. You know, just brings back memories. You know. Oh yeah. It's always great to have those games. Those things you can just. You know, dive back into it. It reminds you of those days of like, you know, drinking sodas with your friends late at night. Dude, literally school night. Full twelve packs of Mountain Dews and hot pockets. <laughs> gone. Say it, man. My like, mom used to be pissed. Oh yeah, rightfully so. But you know, kids being kids. Yeah, kids being kids. God, the one thing I don't miss about that era, and my voice is by no means real deep now, but it was a lot less so back in the day. So whenever I'd hip hop into game chat. Oh, dude, the amount of, turn your damn mic off. Ah! It's like, ah, oh, dude, come on. I had to, like, shelter myself from the world. Oh, man, poor guy. At least until I was, guy. like, 16 or 17. Now, realistically, probably, like, 22. Yeah, if you're out there listening to this and you're a gamer, please be nice. Yeah, be nice. Be, be a good person. Actually, no, you know what? I'm going to go against that. <laughs> hey, now, hey, now. Hey I now. think these damn kids. <laughs> Let, let's get this thing back on the rails. We're doing a beer <laughs> review here. Um... So, I still got a little bit of this Ven one left. I'm gonna set it down and pick up the the bent paddle because I think I have a good uh, uh, a good flavor profile of this Ven one pinned down. Getting blackberry on that so heavily. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting I'm getting that and raspberry. I guess boysenberry is not a, a flavor that's uh, something I try frequent enough enough in my life to have like pinned down. You know. I don't say I don't think I've ever gone to the store and like saw a boysenberry. It just doesn't register in my brain. I think I maybe had it in like a jam or like a chutney once, but never like I've never bought like a boysenberry. Dude, your food palette is so much more diversified than mine is. <laughs> Dude, <it's> like, <laughs> we'll we'll help you out. We'll help you out. We'll uh, eventually we'll get to maybe an episode where we do some food pairings and stuff, and we can both learn because I've always got learning to do. What are you thinking of this uh, this bent paddle one? It looked like you took a pretty pretty good size gulp there this is tasty 
This is super tasty. Much more light-bodied. It doesn't, like, zap your palate as hard, you know? I feel like it's much more sessionable. Not as dry. Definitely not as dry. Um, yeah, definitely a lot lighter. I, you you got it nailed. Yeah, you got it nailed down. It's, it's, it's like the... Oh, man. The fruits are coming through excellently on it, too. Little less sour, I would say. Obviously, I'm not getting that boozy tinge as well. Way less sour. Um, almost no no booziness to it whatsoever. Yeah. Um, what was this one? Was this, uh, was this technically a session? Or is this in the fives? I'm not sure. what it, It's 5%. I don't know what they have it. I think it's a, a, a sour ale. Um, American Kettle Sour Berliner style. Okay. Oh, this is. I'm digging. Mm. Oh God, that's good. That's They're tasty. so different. There, it's the same berry blends, but just totally different beers. Um, I'm digging them. I'm digging them both. Honestly, I would buy both of these again. They're real. It's so funny looking at you. Double fist taste glasses. <laughs> I've got. Pinkies up. This is not a, a visual uh, podcast, but not yet. I've got not yet. I've got a gl- little uh, beer dabbler glass on my left and my right hand. I'm kind of going back and forth between these, um, but I know which one I'm favoring. It, it's it's clear to me right now. I think I know which one I'm favoring too, but that's not to say that I would not buy either of these in a heartbeat. Kind of just depends on what mood I'm in. God, Bent Paddle just produces banger after banger. I have yet to have a beer from them where I was like, mm. I think I know where your brain's going to, and I think it's where my brain's going. Man, I'm doing some serious deliberating here in my head. I know I said vinegary right when I tried that Ven one, but I'm definitely not getting it as I kind of let it settle. I think I just kind of got that waft right as the can opened. Mm. Um To be honest, the Ven, the the Ven offering is a much bigger beer and i'm not talking about volume of can we are drinking a crowler versus 12 ounce but we're talking a beer that's coming in at 7.8 versus five and it it, it yeah, drinks like small a... beers <laughs> what's up bro they're both delicious um right. good I things come in small packages too all right as the resident small guy of the podcast man you got me on the ropes here man <laughs> they're doing the rope dope um both delicious. Ven is just, it's fruitier, it's jammier. I think all the flavors are more pronounced. You're saying in the Ven one? With the Ven one. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, sometimes I pick up a beer for subtlety, but when I'm going for a, a fruited sour, I want I want that bada bing, bada boom. You oh, know? I hear you. Without being too overly sugary, and the Ven's giving me that. Boysenberry right to the liver. Yeah. Just a gut punch. <laughs> <laughs> just a gut punch of boysenberry. I think I know where you were going, but I'm not sure now. You might have diverged. So, now moving on to the bent one. Mm. Getting slight cracker from bent. I'm definitely tasting more of just like the traditional American style, like light crackery ale for sure yeah. in in the bent paddle one whereas the ven if you know 
you could pour that for somebody who's not a huge beer person and tell them it's a beer and they would be like get out of here man no it's not that's like you know other than it it just doesn't it, it's so out there it's so Dude, they, that was me when i first tasted a sour ever i was like what beer can taste like that right no yeah way. i think most of most of us had tried them when we were like you know college age and stuff it was like whoa now this is different and then we yeah. realized they were low in alcohol and they were expensive and we're like <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll stay with what yeah, we're I'll having still my bud light platinums please but but your your taste evolves and while i'm definitely tasting more of just that traditional beer backbone behind this uh this bent paddle i'm a bigger fan of the ven really yeah i think it's I think all those flavors are coming through more. I think it's just, like I said, it's a fruitier, jammier beer that also somehow manages to finish drier than the Bent Paddle offering. And Like for champagne me, dry. Yeah, it really is. And it's it's crazy because it's so much just fruit flavor up front mm-hmm. and then just clean finish. You know, I really got to go back to the drawing board and uh, rethink what I thought of your brain because you threw me for a loop there. I thought you were going to go bent the whole way on that one. Really? Uh, yeah. I don't I don't know. I, I guess I appreciate all different styles of beer, and sometimes I do. Like I said, there's I appreciate it. Yeah, there's a time and place for everything, and sometimes I want that subtlety, but other times it's like when I see a triple berry, cosmosis, sour, you know, with boysenberry, raspberry, blackberry, I'm like, and then it's 7.8, I'm like, and then a crowler. I'm like, yeah, I want that to hit me in the face. Like, I, that's oh, yeah. something I want to share with someone who's uh, someone who appreciates sours, and I want it to be, uh, you know, just a, a big punch of fruit. And mm-hmm. it gave me that. It's yeah, it's it's a solid sour. One of the best ones I've had this summer. Oh yeah. Uh, for Ven, I'm gonna put it at a four point six. Oh, that's powerful. That's a hefty score. I like it. It's powerful for me for sours just because it's not I'm not as well versed in them as you. I feel like you drink sours like I drink pale ales. Pale ales, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and I I don't want to sell bent paddle short here because another amazing beer. Like these are two banger beers. Another amazing beer, yeah. And I've been to bent paddle actually more recently than I've been to bent uh, ven. Both are great tap rooms. Would highly recommend both Ven in Minneapolis, Bent Paddle up in Duluth. There's but a great little comic store actually, right next to Ven. Great. Is it really? Oh yeah, Dreamers Vault. Yeah, they're okay. awesome. Yeah, I used to go play uh, Magic the Gathering there on Friday nights. That was sweet. See, I'm learning about you here too. This is awesome, man. Yeah, it was great. I wish I could link up with uh, Pat, one of our coworkers, and go play Magic the Gathering with him. But it's just try- trying go to go over find to Ven afterwards. Maybe hit the food truck outside. Oh, dude, do all three at the same time be wonderful yeah oh, man going back to this this bent paddle one i'm just like finishing up my last little little drips here this is tough this is really this is like this for me is like listening to old 90s east coast rap and old 90s west coast rap like both rap two different signs of the world time and place for both of them love them both equally yeah and on that same note neither one has to be wrong you know you can have an appreciation for both but but favor one a little more than the other for sure and i think that's kind of what my conclusion here is um i like the ven slightly more what are you giving the uh what are you giving the bent i know you gave ven (sighs) four six i'm gonna give it a i almost said three nine i i almost feel like it would be disrespectful to dip it below the four 
just because it is a good beer. But you know what? I am going to give it a 3.9. I, okay. I just wish it delivered a little bit more on 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 each of the flavors. Um, that's really my biggest knock against it. I, I just... I just wish it was a little bit more. That's fair. You know, for me, you picked two excellent pre-show beers, might I add. Like, you know me almost better than I know myself, and it's a little weird. But that being said, um, going back to the East Coast, West Coast bit, time and place for both of them, I love both of these. And I know it's it's kind of a a cop-out answer to say this but i think i gotta give both of these beers 4.4 like they are i love them both respectively for what they're doing and being a little bit different i like bent for going a little bit more of the the traditional route and bringing out some of the more traditional american ale flavors while still adding in that light tartness, the fruity flavors, and I love Ven for just going over the top, having boozy bomb, you know, that dry champagne-y flavor. It's like the, these are both excellent. And if I had to compare the the Bent Paddle beer to another uh, of these mass-produced Minnesota uh, sour ales, it's the Session Sour from Indeed. I think it's called Day Tripper. You know which one I'm talking about? No, so the Session Sour... Is it the Lucy? It might be the Lucy. It's the Lucy. It's the Lucy. The Lucy. Hate that beer. I picked it up at a Target one time when I was just fiending for a sour. I, like, I need something. <laughs> and, uh. Man, just taking dig- digs here. We don't have to be negative. Uh, no, I mean, I'm being honest. Sure, if there, if there's fair. a beer I'm not going to buy again, it's, it's, it's that one. And, you know, it's. A lot of people like it. I've seen it just like out walking around you know and some people are out in their patio playing bags or whatever and i've seen it out people love that beer not your jam yeah for me not so much i think that one goes a little bit too far on the american ale style without bringing up like not tart enough for you yeah and i'm i'm a a tart guy favorite candy as a kid reese's peanut butter cups and warheads so it makes sense checks out yeah, I'm I don't know, man. I just though. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I like the appreciation for both. My only thing is here, it's like saying, you know, who was better, Biggie or Pac? Uh, well, not even that. Think, ah. of, think of it this way, and this is coming from I'm about as as unbiased as you can get here because I've never had a hamburger in my life. It sounds weird. Grew up in a super small town, not a red meat guy. Never had a hamburger. Still to this day, I don't believe you. I, I'm I'm serious. I can talk talk my game about veggie burgers and turkey burgers. Haven't had a hamburger, but if I was to put like a a, a cheeseburger, just double cheeseburger from McDonald's and a double cheeseburger from Burger King, you're gonna walk away having an opinion about one of them that's slightly higher than the other. And I see you just poured yourself a glass of one of these sours. And which one was it? <sighs> I poured the Ven. I poured the Ven. So there was a reason. <laughs> Let me a- ask you again, Dustin Stelton. What's your rating for these? <laughs> it's This doesn't have to be an interrogation. Time and place. But you've made it one. Time and place. I need to, because this beer is 7-8, I feel like I need the conversation lubricant for what's about to come up next. And as a perfect segue, my friend, what's coming up next? Up next, we've got a awesome conversation with the owner the founder and the head brewer 
of Jack Pine Brewing beep, 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 beep. in Baxter, Minnesota. Shout out. Up north to here, as they would say. Up north. Um, a land I can relate to. Love it up north. But we're talking it's a great to. Area, man. It's a great area. And we're going to hear more about it very soon from Mr. Patrick Sunberg. Um, yeah. Jack Pine Brewing. Got a couple tasty beverages coming up soon. It's going to be a good time. So uh, don't go anywhere because that's right up next on this episode of Suds Buds. All right, man. Well, we'll crack open the conversation here. Um, we got Patrick Sunberg from Jack Pine Brewing talking with us today. Uh, super excited to have you on the show. Um, actually, a kind of a unique one for our show because um, I'm, I've never met you in person before. First time seeing each other's faces is over a webcam right now. And uh, I'm yet to step foot in the tap room. I grew up in Cold Spring. Um, so I grew up sort of up north of here i guess we're doing this in st paul so north of here but uh yeah man it's uh it's cool to have someone that we've never actually physically met before on the yeah, show all right yeah Limit- thanks for ha- thanks for having me this is this is fun so. yeah we wish we could but i mean limitations limitations permitting right now it's it's unfortunate we can't be everywhere but one of these days hey cheers eric cheers pat Virtual ting ting to you guys. Ting ting. That's right. Oh, super interesting nose on this one. Yeah, right away. Um, we're starting off here with the Jacktoberfest from Jack Pine Brewing out of Baxter, Minnesota. Um, and tis the season for Oktoberfest beers. So we're recording excited. this on September 1st, and no better time than now. Super excited. Yeah, especially with the weather. We've got a, kind of a, a chill through the air. Uh, these last couple of days, yeah. it's it's uh, it was definitely my shift pint that I grabbed for uh, a little a little pre gaming for the podcast. Here. Yeah, I always get so excited when it comes around Mars and season because I mean it's it's a very it's one of my favorite styles of beer. I mean you can you can throw all the October's you want at me and I'll drink them all. I love this. No, this is really tasty. Yeah, super um, interesting nose on this one too. This is not what I would expect. Yeah, um, it's definitely. I mean. As far as the nose, I mean, maybe not as pronounced to me as you, but I mean, just on the flavor, I'm definitely getting the the classic notes of an Oktoberfest, mm-hmm. just that nice malty backbone, a uh, little bit of sweetness. Um, yeah, it's it's good. This is a this is a flavor and a style that I I start craving like midway through every summer, and oh, then yeah. you know, as soon as our brewery or our uh, brewers at work start talking about. Uh, uh, getting ready for the Oktoberfest. Yeah, I start getting excited, man. So thank you for blessing us with this beer. This is real tasty. Yeah, right. no problem. So this is what's throwing you off in this one. Um, it's not a lager. It's an ale. Um, really? Yeah, it is. So we use, um, and when I first started the brewery, you know, seven and a half years ago, um, you know, the, our second year in, I think, uh, people were asking for an Oktoberfest. And I was just so used to brewing with, you know, a clean American ale strain, um, 1056-001, whatever you want to call it. And uh, it's like I just didn't have the time or capacity um, or the equipment really to do a, a formal lager. So I pulled together a, a, an Oktoberfest recipe. We've got some Vienna, some Munich in there. Uh, I think I threw, do throw a little bit of just straight up Turo in there as well. 
um, dry hop it with a German or hop it with a German tradition hops. And then I just use our straight up um, American ale house yeast on this one. So um, I do ferment a lot of our beers uh, a lot cooler on the cool side for that strain. Um, it can handle that. So it's not, it's not as crisp as a traditional lager would be, but you get a little bit more of a depth behind it, which is, which is kind of fun, but yeah, it's not, it's not a lager. It's, it's a straight up ale. So. That's super interesting. Cause I'm getting like the very traditional Mars and flavors behind it. So you definitely nailed it on like the, the pseudo fest style, which is interesting to me. I didn't know that was, that was possible. Also, yeah. I, I, I might sound like a bit of a jackass when I say this, so preface this, but I've never smelt, I've never had a nose like this, and it kind of, it gave me a nose, like a little bit of like cream cheese almost, and I say that because I had a bagel this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, yeah, I mean, in, in like a, in a good way? Well, I mean, I love bagels and cream cheese, yeah. so of course, I was excited. No, but I, It was just interesting, something I'd uh, put my thoughts to. You you had me fooled, Patrick. What was the uh, the decision to go with... Uh, an ale versus a lager is that just a brewing preference for you i think it was the time um yeah well part of it was the time um when i first um our first location um i had a three barrel three barrel brew house and i was fermenting plastic fermenters and like i had eight three barrel fermenters all plastic conicals and they were just in one room that was temperature controlled so i didn't have the ability to cold crash individual fermenters at the time so you know i was i was literally just one room that was held at 64 degrees and that's what i would ferment with so to try to you know individually pick one out and and do a lager strain was darn near impossible without building a whole nother cooling room for that so that's where it kind of came out of necessity because i couldn't ferment at any other temperature so that, that's sure, kind of where sure. it came out and it it turned out great from the get-go and yeah, it's phenomenal. didn't really want to mess with it. So, Has this kind of been like a staple in your tap room then over the years? Like people have, your, your clientele have become used to you putting out this fest style ale? Yeah, it has. It is, it's our best-selling seasonal. Um, we, oh, we, yeah. have it on, we have it on tap for a little over two months and it is pretty close to our top selling beer when it comes out. I mean, it, nice. it beats out our, uh, you know, our, our, our year round beer is a uh, fence line that, that kind of, you know, about 30% of what we brew is fence line. And when Jacktober comes out, it just completely rocks it. So. Well, congrats. Glad to yeah. hear that. That's awesome. Is that typical? Is that like industry standard for Oktoberfests? You know, they, they you know don't sell it all and then there's just this massive spike and then huge decline right after about the two month mark yeah it's a it's difficult and and dealing with like the wholesale side too um my last shipment to our distributor is coming up shortly because we can't mm. sell we can't sell it in october yeah because it, it's if it's on the shelf it's it's got to be cleared out so yeah that's so weird because we've run into that issue in the bald man tap room as well and it, it's one of those things where i was never introduced to that weird like industry thing where Oktoberfests will sell like hotcakes as soon as they come out and then it's the steepest fall off like they're a very commoditized seasonal product even though they're an excellent style of beer and if you put one in front of me any time of the year i'm gonna drink it yeah that makes yeah. me wonder we just market to them a little bit different instead of Oktoberfests, 
just put like Mars and our Mars and style in front of them, maybe they would sell more year round. Yeah. yeah. You see a lot of people calling them just ambers, like an amber ale. Um, sure. Those, those kind of, um, to get that year round. Um, but then if you, if you try to name it something that's year round, you're not going to get the Oktoberfest style um, hype behind it. Right. So, so yeah, it's weird. It's like trying to sell a Christmas beer January 1st. You know? Sure. <laughs> I always equate it to like the, uh, cause we've been seeing Oktoberfests come out uh, sooner and sooner throughout the years and i always equate it to uh black friday how everyone's black friday sales keep getting pushed back earlier and earlier and earlier you know to try to beat the crowd to yeah. beat the competition and it's very much akin to the same thing i feel like i bought a 12 pack of sam adams oktoberfest the last week of july this year i could be wrong it could have been the first week of august but it was like it seemed stupid early and i just passed oh, yeah. it in a liquor store and i'm like well yeah, yeah. i guess i'm taking this home tonight yeah, I mean, we just released ours uh, a couple weeks ago, and we're we were well behind the game, you know, because a lot of the the stores they'll do their fall sets and the, you know, they'll they'll put what they're putting on the shelf in the fall, you know, or they're thinking about it Fourth of July already, what mm-hmm. they're what they're gonna pick. So if yep. you've got a distributor that's trying to negotiate shelf space and things like that, they want to know what they're they've got early so they can get it on the shelf. Um, which they is, want it early, I bet. Yeah, they well, they want to know that they got it is for one. I mean, that's you know, during this whole COVID period, it's tough for people to actually get beer. Um, right. Everything, but yeah, it's uh, that the whole seasonal creep was something that I was really thrown back of too because you know it's like you watch everybody's Facebook feeds and be like, no, why are you brewing your fall seasonal at the end of July? Right. It's like, yeah. well, it's got to sit in the tanks for two three weeks and then it's got to be packaged and then it sits in your distributor's warehouse for another week or two before they realize they even have it Mm -hmm. yeah it's um it's it's not it's a thing it's like you got to get going super early i mean we're already planning our our winter beers so i'm sure that's something a little interesting i'd like to uh ask you about real quick is is we've talked to a few other breweries and i i apologize in advance like i I personally, unfortunately, can't keep up with all the breweries and all their full extensive tap lists that we talk to on a regular basis. But we've talked to a few breweries, and they said uh, COVID obviously sucked, but there was one good thing out of it for some of these breweries, and that they were able to do like straight up loggers with them because they had the time. Was that something that you guys had participated in, or no? No, not even close. I mean, we were we went from like panic shut down to, 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 you know, cutting staff to trying to keep up with, um, you know, trying to keep up with our, uh, uh, wholesaler when things mm-hmm. did jump back. Um, I mean, we, you know, we made a full shift when, you know, when we couldn't open the tap room, um, we shifted really heavy to off sale and, oh, yeah. you sure. know, when, it, when everything shut down, I mean, uh, about 70% of my beer goes out wholesale and when you get that notice that our distributor says, we're not taking any more beer. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Do not ship us any more beer except for cans. Yeah. Um, Danger mode. But it's, yeah, it's just like, oh, no, we've got a lot of beer in the tanks right now. It's like we just got to roll with what we got. So it was just kind of an uncertain, uncertain situation. And we didn't know. I mean, we did we did pretty well considering with uh, you know switching to off sale in our tap room. So that kept us busy for sure, but not knowing 
you know, how not knowing how much beer you're going to sell in the next three weeks is really tough. So, yeah. So yeah. no, we didn't, we didn't turn around. Um, we we just really focused on making sure our yeast was healthy. So we didn't have to reorder, you know, we, we turned a lot of smaller batches just to keep the yeast going, um, keeping that alive um, versus trying to bring a new strain in. Um, we did get really creative with some of our infusions, um, which is something that we really kicked, kicked forward. And part of that was, uh, we did throw, uh, you mentioned earlier when we were talking, our uh, blueberry pastry sour. Um, yeah. That, that was something we, we kind of played around with and got rocking and rolling um, pretty heavy during COVID. So, What a great backyard beer. Oh, yeah, man. that was really fun. Yeah, sorry to hear about, you know, the, the losses and all the stuff that comes with this whole shutdown that's obviously looming, has loomed over all of us. But uh, um you know, besides the the downsides, was there anything that your brewery did in specific to kind of get creative with, you know, maybe marketing or distribution during the time of COVID? I know you talked about really focusing on your your off sale accounts, but was there anything that gave you an opportunity to maybe do during that time? Uh, we did a lot of cleaning. Uh, that was one thing. Sure. Uh, um, between that and uh, you know our, uh, you know we've. We've got a decent to go market up here, um, but we're, I don't, I don't think we were anywhere near um, the growler and crawler sales that, you know, some of the, the Twin Cities breweries do. And that really, we pushed that really heavy um, when we were shut down and we just had an outpouring of support. Um, you know, at, awesome. at this point, we, uh, we actually, for the first time, started pre-filling some of our crawlers um, to that point. Um, we fill everything on demand right now. Sure, and we did sure. before. So if you want a crawler or fresh beer, we fill it right there and seam it right there. Um, we've got enough people working that, uh, you know, can do that. Uh, we keep it pretty well staffed and we're not moving that many, you know, growlers and crawlers. So, but then during, during COVID, um, we really pushed that and streamlined our, our, our order system. We started an online ordering system. So you order online, order online and it would be ready, ready to grab and go when you get, when you get to the brewery and that helped us out a lot. Um, we had a lot of people placing orders and we'd have them filled and ready for them to go. It was prepaid. So they could walk in, grab their stuff and head out. So that's so that, awesome. Yeah. Is that a process that you are going to be keeping in the future now as we, I hate to sound like that weird tech guy, but as we move into the digital age, are you going <laughs> to yeah. be, are you going to be keeping those online ordering uh, systems that you've put in place? Cause I think that is a, that's a good thing it's a good place to be at and be almost ahead of the curve a little bit. Yeah. And it, it was something that, you know, we found out of necessity that worked with our worked with our point of sale and it, it, it does work. I mean, we're going to keep it because, you know, when you get that rush at like five, five thirty of people coming mm -hmm. after work, um, you know, having at least a portion of those orders pre-filled and sitting in the cooler ready to go, you know, that that's, that's a game changer. So, Oh Yeah. I mean, because it, it's, you know, filling on demand does take a lot of time. I mean, it, you know, yeah. filling a crawler versus, I mean, we, a lot of the stuff, you know, because we've got, oh, we're kind of down a little bit, but we usually have about 16 different beers on tap. And, wow, uh, nice. When we got a full lineup, we've got 23. Um, That's awesome. So to, to hand write what it is on the crawler and the ABV and the date and then fill it and seam it, 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 it takes a lot of effort um, on that end. But, you know, if we can get, you know, if you can get even half your orders in, 
you know, beforehand. So you can fill them at two or three o'clock when you're not very busy. It's like, that's, that's great. So yeah, we're, we're definitely keeping that online ordering system. Right on. That's, that's awesome. super cool. Well, Patrick, I'd love to uh, take things back to this Oktoberfest that I just finished up. I got an empty glass here, which usually means it's a, a, a good thing. Yeah, I just killed the can. I had to refill it. It was that good. Very tasty. Um, and interesting to hear about you going the, the ale route versus the lager. Um, now, on this show, something we like to do is uh, rate all of our beers on a five-star scale. Um, so... Maybe we'll start with Dustin today. Are what are you, you thinking of the Jacktoberfest? You're giving this to me today? I'm, I'm passing I get you the, the pleasure. Ball. Oh, little brother gets it. Um, first of all, I am sorry for calling it uh, a Marzen right away. That was, I, I should have been more detailed with my analysis. This is excellent. You had me fooled from the get-go, Patrick. This is excellent. I appreciate the nose as I had a bagel today with cream cheese on it. Um, yeah, I just love this style. Very drinkable. Would buy again. I would buy this to give to somebody. Giving this 4.0. I think it's a solid. It's a good it's a solid review. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, I mean, tis the season. I'm, I'm a big lager guy and I love the fest beers. I think, for me, this is an easy beer to recommend to somebody because it's a little something different. You know, it's everyone's had the the hackers, the polliners, you know, and then the mm-hmm. domestic offerings from Sam Adams or the Minnesota ones from Summit. Right. But if you want to feed someone just something that's a little bit different, you know, try this Oktoberfest ale. It won't disappoint. I'm putting it at a 4.4. I'm really liking this, Patrick. This is solid. You did a, a really nice job with this beer. Thank you. Hey, you guys didn't mention Iyengar. Um, I bought a four-pack of Iyengar the other uh, couple of weeks. Iyengar. Oh, oh, are they? They're the... like malt forward to everything. Wow, I was surprised at how malt forward that one was. Traditional, really traditional German brewery, correct? Yeah. Yeah, I had I actually had their Hefeweizen the other day. I brought it in for our head brewer, the uh, the bald man himself, mm-hmm. and was blown away. It was phenomenal. Yeah, get their get their. I don't know. I don't remember what it was called. It's a. I think it's an Oktoberfest style beer or something like that. Can they not call theirs a traditional Oktoberfest? How was it? I would, it I would think they'd be style? able to be if it's European. I don't. I don't remember. It wasn't. If. I'd have to look it up. It, I don't know if it said exactly. It wasn't just Oktoberfest. It was. It was something. I don't know. Look it up. It was great. Yeah, you heard it here. Iyengar's uh, Fest beer. Check it out. I'm gonna have to track that one down myself. I would throw. I would throw that one a five. I, I, ours is good, but if you're if you're really <laughs> looking for that crisp lagerness, uh, we I don't, we didn't knock it out of the park on that one, but we weren't trying so. Well, I know it can be tough to rate your own beers sometimes, Pat, but uh, feel free to be biased on this show. Is there a, is there a rating you have in mind for the Jack Pine Jacktoberfest? You know, I'd probably throw out a solid four. I'm a pretty big critic of, of uh, our own beers. Um, As all artists are. Yeah, I don't, maybe four and a half. This year seems that, I, I mean, you try to hit the same same batch every single year and take the same notes, and uh, I don't know why, but this year is just this year's at least a half point above where it usually is so it's it's tasty very nice now is there any specific 
like places in the the Twin Cities where the majority of our viewers are, where they I know, but I like to hear it come from you. Where uh, they could find this beer at? Uh, you know what? We're we're kind of scattered all over the place, um, mainly suburbs. I don't know. We've got it's uh, check out our website, um, jackpinebrewery.com slash finder. We've got a beer finder Ooh. link on there. Um, I do need to update that. I know there's a few accounts that have been added lately um, that I don't have on there, but check that out. Um, they, and we've got a, we've got a pretty good route. Um, we're going down there every three weeks. Nice. Um, now, so now are you guys self-distributing or do you go through a distributing company? Uh, we do a little bit of both. Um, so, uh, let's see, probably about five years ago now, I, I partnered with a distributor up here in the Brainerd Lakes area. They cover Brainerd Lakes and St. Cloud markets. Uh, and they kind of, they basically skirt around the North Metro. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, about a year and a half, almost two years ago now, I started doing self-distribution again. Uh, okay. Down, down in the Twin Cities. So, I mean, I, I built, I built Jack Pine. I mean, I was, I was the guy running kegs around town, um, you know, for, for three and a half years. And then uh, got smart and handed that off. <laughs> and then. Uh, it, it opened up your days. Yeah, grew up, grew it to a point where we could start doing some self distribution. So we're we're in the Twin Cities, you know. I think we've got about twenty twenty five stores that, you know, we're pretty low key. It's just a quick email blast and hey, you guys want a beer? Go for it. Let's uh, let's uh, connect here. And then first of the year, I added um, I head over to like uh, Moorhead, Park Rapids, Moorhead, Detroit Lakes too. I've got a oh, nice. head, head over there. So I'm originally from that direction, the Detroit Lakes area. So. Oh, I know. I know the Park Rapids area quite well. I had some. I had a lot of family that lived in Park Rapids. Actually, good gotcha. area. Yeah, and they're they're really digging our beer. It's been worthwhile taking the van up there. So. Well, I think a lot of people are digging your beer because I. It seems like you're being a little bit more modest than uh, you should be, but because I I see your beer everywhere, and everyone that I talk to that knows of your beer, they love it, man. So, keep well, doing the Lord's work. We've been, we've been around for a while. So it's, it's, uh, we've kind of gotten, and we're not huge. I mean, we did, uh, 1600 barrels last year, um, which, which was pretty darn good. We've got enough room to grow a little bit. And that's why we added some more distribution, just self distribution. Uh, we've got a 15 barrel brew house. Uh, I've got two 15s and four thirties as far as fermenters go. Um, uh, yeah, and we're, we could add maybe a tank or two in the, where we're at right now before we'd have to start knocking down some walls or doing some serious moving around of furniture. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we've, we're not huge by any means, but you know, it's, it's been, uh, it's been fun just to see how it's grown over the past few years. So that's right awesome, on. man. Well, I'm excited to, uh, take things back to the beginning here in a second and, uh, figure out how you got into the brewing world. But first we're going to take a quick little break and, uh, we'll be right back here on Suds Buds. What is up, everybody? All right. (laughs) (laughs) We're back on Suds Buds. We got Patrick Sundberg from Jack Pine Brewing uh, with us today. Just finished up drinking the Jacktoberfest, which was a delicious uh, festile autumn ale. And now we are cracking open the fence line, which is Jack Pine's Pale Ale. Bird with Chinook, so you get a plus 0.8 for that. 
Nice. I'm excited for this one. I'm a sucker for pale ales, Patrick. This is uh Yeah, he's the resident pale ale nerd on the show. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, this was so I mean this was you know, rewind like seven and a half, eight years. Um, you know, I, I threw this one together. I was homebrewing this one for oh, I had some sort of a pale ale or IPA on tap um for you know many years um in my garage and playing around with, you know, boosting it up. Do I want it an IPA? Do I want something higher alcohol? Do I want something, you know, a little bit more approachable? And I kind of landed on a, a lower alcohol, you know, it's 5.4%, um, nice rich caramel backbone. Um, got a different, couple different, uh, uh, I think I do is, uh, caramel 40 and caramel 80 in this one, just to kind of throw a little bit of balance in there. And then uh, very little bittering, um, very, you know, low, low hopping rates at the beginning of the boil and just backload this thing. So a lot of Chinook. Um, and then I throw a little bit of Columbus in there, about 25% Columbus, just to kind of brighten it up. I, I, I feel like it just kind of adds a little bit more. So you get kind of the grapefruit from, you know, the, the Chinook, um, very grassy and piney still. It's not terribly aggressive, but it's, it's there. And then I just kind of brightens it up with I will, brightens it up with Columbus. I will have to say before we get started in this conversation, an evolving thing that I have in my mind is trying to like grow my palate. And before you even said anything, I was sniffing heavy grapefruit. And then when I took that first sip, I was like, Oh yeah, grapefruit. So then when you confirmed what I was thinking, it's always like a little win in my head. So it feels like I'm actually doing the damn thing and getting better at it. So <laughs> kudos to you, Patrick. I appreciate that. And this is a dime, damn fine pale ale that we have right here. Yeah, thank you. I mean, it's just, it's approachable. It's something you can just crush. I mean, it's, it's got a lot of hops behind it, mm-hmm. but because it is lower in alcohol and it doesn't have the bitterness uh, that your your IPAs, which I absolutely love, don't get me wrong, I love a nice big bold aggressive IPA, um, but you can kill a couple glasses of this and not get not get sick of it. So right. Well, I think one thing for me that I'm really enjoying about this, as Eric and 95% of other Minnesotans feel the same way, uh, I actually just tried Bell's Two Hearted the other day on the show for the first time ever. And that's very grapefruit forward. And I hated that beer. Despised it. Yeah. And you're shaking your head. As I'm, I'm disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. As, as <laughs> But to each their own, right? As I most mean, true beer fans are. Yeah. But um, I'm so, loving uh, this. This I'll is fantastic. You, give me a secret. I don't like too hard it either. There we uh, go. There I we go. I, I've kind of narrowed it down. For some reason, I don't like Centennial. I like a lot of the other stuff that Bell's puts out, but for some reason, the Centennial hop just has a weird, weird combination of of uh, just pine and uh, I don't know. I just I've never been a fan of it. I I don't know why. So and I understand a lot of people do, but uh, you know. Yeah, and that this is striking that perfect balance because I thought I was just like a grapefruit hater for a long time. I thought it was grapefruit I was hating. And when I sniffed the nose on this, I was like, oh, I'm not going to like this one. But uh, as soon as I tasted it, I was like, holy shit, I, I was astounded. I'm loving this. It's, this is really tasty. And I mean, this is just a, it's, it's an old school style of craft beer. And I think it, it lends itself to an old school conversation here. You were talking about how this recipe kind of came from your brain about eight years ago or so. Um, 
but you actually told us in the email when we talked to you that uh, you started homebrewing like over 20 years ago now. Yeah, just about. That's how old I am. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, and it was just real casual at first. I mean, I picked up the hobby in college, just tinkering around with stuff. I mean, 20 years ago, you you had to go pretty far to find craft beer. You know, I went to college up in Moorhead. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and DSU. I, yeah, I was a copper. So. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it just just trying to throw something together, and I was. I don't know, for the first four or five years, I was just kind of tinkering in the hobby. And then uh, my wife's originally from from Baxter here, so moved back, met her in college, moved back here, got married. Um, two years later, we got a house, I got a garage, and proceeded to fill um, most of the garage with homebrewing equipment and building and, and tinkering and, and eventually had, you know, I, I had a kegerator in my, my garage um, with about I think I had about six beers on tap pretty regularly. And some of these, you know, fence line was one of them, you know, just kind of playing around with it. So started entering homebrewing competitions, doing pretty well in them, became a judge. And this led to that and, and uh, kind of got sick of working in uh, engineering and quality control gigs in the area and decided, hey, why not try to start a brewery? So, Well, and I'd say it's been a success because, uh, I mean, we're down in St. Paul here and uh, your, your brand definitely has, it carries. it carries. Yeah. It's definitely a name that people recognize down here. Uh, when I mentioned that I tried a Jack Pine beer over the weekend, it's not something that's foreign to people. They're like, Oh, right on. Have you tried this one? And I'm like, no, I haven't. I'll go check it out. Yeah. Um, I know we plug Ambibulous a lot on the show, but that's where we were able to actually um, track you down at off of uh Hennepin in Minneapolis. But uh, shout out as always shout out as always. Um, yeah, man, I'm excited to, to hear that, uh, you know, your journey has kind of brought you to where you're at now. Um, you're definitely doing good things. Uh, you seem happy where you're at. Uh, yeah, it's, it's been one heck of a, a growth spurt. I mean, we, like I started, um, when I started Jack Pine up here in Baxter, uh, I was the only brewery within 60 miles. Um, there wow. Was, there was nothing. I mean, like you mentioned, uh, you're, you know, from the Cold Spring area. Um, yeah. That was one of the nearest breweries was Cold Spring. Yeah. Uh, or you had to go all the way, all the way to Duluth, um, to, uh, now sadly Lake Superior. Um, they, you know, they were, they were the nearest one to the, to the East and, um, and now uh, like Purim's got a brewery, like there's, you got breweries. I was, I was drinking a beer from disgruntled last night, actually. It's, yeah, yeah there's, it's, it's crazy how, you know, the, the craft beer world has exploded everywhere, but in Minnesota too. Um, how do you kind of handle going from kind of being the only guy, the only, the only tap room on the block to now having, um, you know, maybe a little competition, if you will, in the market? Uh, you mean I have other places I can go drink now? There we go. I love that I love answer. That. That's what we like to hear, man. I, uh, yeah. So being, being the first, I mean, we, we kind of hit a nerve, uh, craft was really starting to hit um, the Brainerd Lakes area. Uh, a couple of the distributors were starting to bring on more brands and people were adding more tap lines. So we kind of hit, just by happenstance, we hit kind of the right moment when people really started getting interested in craft beer. Um, our first three beers that I launched with were our Dead Branch Cream Ale, which is the base for our vengeance. Um, very easy drinking cream ale. Yes, uh, we've got our uh, Duck Pond Nut Brown Ale, which later we've got the coffee version um in in your hands and then this one fence line pale ale 
And I really thought fence line was going to be way more aggressive than the Brainerd Lakes beer it could handle. And uh, it turned out being our, our best-selling beer. I mean, it's, you know, it's been um, pretty steady, our best-selling beer since we opened. Um, right now, it's about 30% of what we brew. So it's not... Wow. It's not like what you'd call a traditional flagship, which is, you know, 75% of, of what a what a brewery makes. Um, you know, we can name another uh, few few Minnesota breweries that you can easily name their flagship. Yeah. Um, but uh, so it's it's up there for us and it's been a long stay for us. Um, but it's the area was ready um, for just the taproom environment. Uh, and then, you know, gradually, I think we were a year and a half before the next one opened up in our area. Um, Gull Dam opened up and then Big X and Niswa they opened up shortly after go. that. Yeah. Um, Roundhouse was in there and then uh, yeah Roundhouse actually has just taken over the old Gull Dam brewery so they've they've made a slight move and now we've got 14 lakes up in Cross Lake, Cuyuna over in uh, uh, Crosby and uh, Drastic Measures in Wadena they're a little bit further away and then uh, who else? Starry Eye down in Little Falls. They're just a little bit further south of us. So it's, it's, sure. it's really fun. You know, once, once a few more, few other breweries started moving into our area. Um, yeah. And then if you head further north, um, Portage up in Walker, uh, Bemidji, of course. Um, you know, once we started seeing a few more breweries in the area, um, people would take beer field trips. You know, it'd be, mm-hmm. you know, they'd, they'd be coming up on a Saturday and they'd be, you know, kind of brewery hopping. You'd, you'd definitely tell. We were usually one of the first stops you know, right around noon on a Saturday and you can tell that, all right, well, we're going here next, we're going here. And then we're, um, oftentimes they'd come back to Jack Pine, which was pretty cool on their way back home. That's awesome. So yeah, we, being the, it was kind of lonely at first. Um, cause there's not a whole lot of people you can talk beer with, uh, when you're the only brewery within 60 miles, but, uh, as new breweries opened up, it was, it was fun. And we, we collaborate on things. We've done a couple kind of a side side competitions with each other um we've done some you know beer tour you know like punch card things the Brainerd Lakes area beer tour um done a few things so it's been fun having other breweries in the area that's cool I love your attitude about it I think that's that's the right way to handle it yeah I love that response to of you mean there's more places I can go drink at too because I've never felt that there was a negative response to other breweries in the brewery industry it's always been so positive and so friendly and everyone just wants to get together with each other yep. and, you know, drink together. Cause at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's a bunch of kind, friendly, and in my opinion, artists getting together and sharing their work with each other. Like, what do you think of this? Da 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 da, you know, and bouncing ideas off each other. And I think it's the coolest industry at the end of the day to be in. Cause it's just a bunch of like-minded people enjoying some tasty beverages. I, I yeah, you couldn't sure. couldn't have said it better. Yeah. I gotta ask you before we get to the rating of the fence line, um five. I heard you had a background in mathematics and physics. That's that's a hard that's a hard uh subject or topic to dodge. What uh I guess what was your what was your plan to do with that? What was your original uh career dream before being a, a taproom owner? Oh, that's a really good question. If I could have answered it, I probably wouldn't own a brewery right now. Um, no, I, you know, I just, I was a geek growing up. I, I love sciences. Uh, I had an, I, I, I love geometry, physics. Um, D&D? I, 
No, not quite. Magic. Uh, magic. Yeah, magic. Um, That's we were just talking about we, Magic the Gathering. We talked about magic in the intro before we we hopped on with you. So I just got my uh, my kids into magic. They've got like the. I mean, I don't have a. I, I have no idea where my cards went. I'm not thrilled about that. Um, I didn't have a huge collection, but I I bought one of the. Just the intro, just mm-hmm. start. It's like game night. It's yep. sold as a kit, and it's like I've got you know my son Sam. He's he's eight years old, and and he's like, oh, let's play magic. So it's like you just grab a couple decks and just go for it. You know, be prepared it's, for uh, his brain to just grow an immense size because well, that game just makes you think like nothing else. Yeah, we're we're big in the family as as like strategy games. Um, you know, it's a, I so love my that. my background. Uh, so yeah, math and physics. It just kind of. Uh, math was just fun for me. Um, physics was more of my passion. Uh, I guess if if I had a little bit more direct direction, I probably would have been a mechanical engineer of some sort. Sure. Um, but, you know, graduated with a double major in math and physics. And then just, I did some engineering type jobs. I did some quality control type jobs, mainly in the area. Um, looked at going to grad school, but didn't want to spend another four years not knowing what I wanted to do with my life. So And 40 um, grand yeah maybe more um, <laughs> but yeah i just you know so i just I, I found some jobs around here you know around the area and uh you know i designed uh helped do a ul compliance for life jackets down at stearns and sock rapids for you know five years no way that's pretty cool yeah so i know more about life jackets than anybody really should um <laughs> that's crazy that's what a weird niche thing to, to know a lot about. Yeah, so and I worked over at uh, there's a little machine shop, Marauder Manufacturing, over in Ironton. Just this little machine shop, and they make high end uh, life raft components. So life okay. raft and airplane slides. So the the emergency exits, the the inflatable slides, they make all the components that go into those things. Um, so what so you're did, saying is like if I was to to plan an ultimate uh, tubing trip with uh, a copious amount of beer, you're like my guy. I could find you the parts, maybe. Um, <laughs> sure, you could build the raft. Yeah, so it's like, I mean, but the weird thing is, all of these different jobs that I've had, you know, I worked, a, you know, in a plastics manufacturer as a quality control in their quality control department. Um, beer has a lot of elements of that. I mean, beer is a highly regulated industry, just like to the max. And, you know, working with UL compliance, getting life jackets approved through UL, I mean, that's there's a ton of paperwork and testing that goes into that. So, I mean, the TTB is no big deal now um, after dealing with UL um, and then working in manufacturing, you know, first in, first out, inventory tracking, um, project management, um, all those things really kind of helped me. Because, I mean, at the end, yes, beer is an art, um, but it's manufacturing too. You're making a product. You're taking a raw material doing a bunch of creative things to it and turning it into something to sell. So it's your manufacturing. Right. So. It's super interesting that you bring up the regulation. Cause I think that that for the most part, like 99% of the time gets swept under the rug. Uh, yeah. I feel like a lot of people don't realize that there actually is regulation in craft beer. You know, yeah, like, you can't, you can't just throw stuff in a bucket in your garage and sell it. Um, yeah. And serve it yeah. to people. Otherwise I would have done that. i think many would have i don't think you would have been alone no you're right i think it's definitely a topic that gets uh gets grazed over um it is very interesting you know just like you know uh, the food world it's a lot of those same laws and standards apply to the the beverage world um 
and yeah, it's interesting, but I got to imagine that having that, that background in, you know, science, mathematics, physics, um, you know, doing the, the regulatory work you were talking about, that's all got to be great stuff that you've been able yeah. to then apply to, to your, itself somehow. Yeah. Your life as a brewer. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's so many hurdles you have to go through to start a brewery, um, especially like I said, we were the first one in the area. Our city didn't even know what to do with us. I mean, as far as like sure. zoning goes, uh, it's just zoning and permitting was was a struggle. Um, well, of course, now the city kind of likes us here, so uh, they've they've been really really helpful uh, now that we've gotten established. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just the regulatory hurdles you got to go through just to start something up is just just insane. Of course, now with you know breweries popping up and even when i started um you know i was on you know you mentioned earlier that the the craft brewing industry is so just willing to share information and help each other out and there were so many blogs and forum posts that you know i dug into as far as you know because people are so willing to share their story it's just it's just uh crazy and the other the flip side is um no two breweries start up exactly the same so some breweries that have certain challenges it's like other breweries just breeze right through and it's no big deal so it's it's just strange it's it's part of the the same reason that inspired us to start up what we're doing is just that Mm -hmm. whole thing that you know no two breweries have the same story and you know just seeing uh people's willingness to to share their stories and have a conversation over one of their beverages, it's what a cool opportunity to, to take advantage of. So, um, yeah, we're really fortunate you joined us tonight. Um, I really enjoyed, uh, the, the fence line pale ale. I know we kind of got into a deep conversation and didn't talk too much about the beer, but I am a pale ale guy. And if I had to describe this beer with one word, I would say approachable. Like I think very approachable, very. And I, we've talked about it in uh, a previous episode for sure. But one thing that I find myself kind of explaining to people is we'll get uh, a portion of the clientele that will see pale and their mind will go it, to blonde, light, light, bush light, stuff like that. And they'll order, you know, the pale oil thinking they're getting a light beer. And I kind of have to, you sure that's what you want? Because <laughs> I love an overhopped American pale ale. That's just my bread and butter. Like Summit EPA is one of my standby beers. Um, but this is, it's not as aggressive as you said. Um, this is one of those where, yeah, you could maybe uh, take someone who's got a blonde ale in their hand and finishes that and is like, I want to, what do you have that's a, a step up? Yeah. I think this would be a perfect direction to point them in. Um I'm putting it at a, a 4.7. This is, it was super enjoyable. This is, I think this is gonna be a tough one to top for me. Yeah. For me as well, as I, I am not as big of a pale ale guy as you are, Eric, I'm coming around on them. And it, this, this one's a little bit weird for me as coming because this shares a lot of the same notes, in my opinion, you know, in terms of the, the grapefruit as a, a Bell's two hearted, but this beer just hits everything for my palate correctly turns out i don't hate grapefruit i just hated the things that they were doing with the grapefruit so for that this beer is getting a 4.6 damn well good job pat well thank you mine's super fresh so i'm going 4.9 
Hey, I love that. Yeah, that's that's. And it's one of those beers you just it's it it's gone before you know it. You're like, wow, that was really good. I want one more. Yeah, no, it's it's reason enough for me to uh to to make a visit up to Baxter. I mean, St. Cloud, Cold Spring. That's like nice little halfway mark, a little more than halfway. Like, yeah, shoot, why not come uh, pay you guys a visit yeah. and have a, a fence line on tap? Little side note, Pat. Anytime that you see us re-reaching for the can to pour more in our uh, our little taster glasses, usually means there's some good things going on, and that's exactly what we did with this one. And it honestly, makes me want to crack into the, the the other can of this that we have, but we're gonna have to wait for later on because we have a third beer that we have to get into. Which it, do we want to take a break for this? Or we just want to hop right into it. You know what? Let's take a little short break. Uh, we'll be right back with our final beer, and we're going to hit you, Patrick, with uh, our flagship Suds Buds questions. What is up, everybody? Uh, thanks for joining us back at Suds Buds. Uh, we're about to crack into our final beer of the episode. I got that all over my face. I don't know what it is. Dude, I can't crack beers they, I think they always spray you i'm i'm bad at this i need to find a new hobby clearly what do you got in your hand right now though oh well i have the coffee duck pond which is a nut brown ale and there's a little sticker on here patrick that says tap room approved do you mind elaborating on that because i don't find this on any of your other care on any of your cans patrick yeah, so we we started to uh, kick out some limited can runs. So we do our duck pond nut brown ale. Um, that was actually the first wow. beer that I ever brewed commercially. Just an easy drinking brown ale, four point four percent. Very kind of my take on an English pub style beer. A lot of mm. chocolate, a lot of coffee, hazelnut notes. It's complex for being a low alcohol. Beer. What a nose on this too! I could cr- I could smell this when I was just you know pouring it too. Holy cow! Lots of coffee beans right there. Oh yeah, yeah. off the bat. So we do, um, and we've done a few coffee infusions cool. of Duck Pond just because it fits really well. Uh, we've partnered with uh, uh, Reality Roasters out of Little Falls, um, and they're a, they're a local roastery, and uh, we do a cold press and infuse it. Uh, but we've done it in the tap room, just you know, here and there, you know, whatever. Um, so we came up with the idea of, you know, trying to just release some of these beers that we've had in the tap room a number of times that, that people just like and do like a short run and release them in cans. Um, just because we have the ability to do it. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but our cans, um, they actually have a clear label on them. So we, we order the, the, the cans are actually a wood grain print on it and then it's mm-hmm. got a clear label stuck over it. Um, and the tree's textured. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit. There's there's a little bit of a depth to it. Um, the whole can has like a matte finish to it. Um, the labels come from an outfit out, out of Niswa, a Viking, Viking label, and they do an amazing job for us. Um, but, I, but I love but your good. can art. It looks great. Yeah. Well, thank you. It's uh, That's what you get for a math and physics major. I was like, was this, did, you, did you have a, a I, I'm assuming, but I, I don't want to overstep any boundaries. Did you have a very heavy influence on the look and the marketing of these cans then yes um yeah i did it all so that was no way uh, yeah i did um it was that's why all of our branding is really simple you've got kind of that main hex logo of ours um and then the tree i I pull that out that was actually a tree that was growing in baxter that i i found an outline or i can 
you know, you drive around town trying to find one lone tree that you can do an image trace on. And, and uh, yeah, I spent, spent a number of, or a couple of years putting together a logo. Uh, luckily with all of the other industries that I've been involved with, um, I knew quite a few designers so I could do a rough sketch and float it by them and be like, okay, what do you think, you know, about this as a logo and, and got a lot of good feedback from everyone. Well, you so cool, it. man. The wood, the wood grain is an awesome backdrop. Like I think, I mean, Jack Pine, it just, it's a nice, uh, a neutral backdrop that makes all your fonts really legible. And I think it, it yeah. definitely is brand appropriate as well. Yeah. Gives me like yeah. a good log cabin, warm, sitting by the fire, just enjoying good company feel. Like when I, when I look at your brand, I don't see anything like bodacious and over the top. It's, it has a good family feeling to it. It's homey. Yeah. If I had kids, I would bring them to their tap room <laughs> so I could enjoy a beer and then they could drive me home. Beer is a 21 plus beverage. Please uh, remember to drink responsibly. Bingo. We, we have our own sodas. We make our own root beer. Uh, Pre-COVID, we had like three or four sodas uh, that we'd, we'd have um, in rotation, but we've cut her down to just root beer um during during these trying times just for just to simplify things um, right. but yeah we're i mean normally we're we're very kid friendly um we put a packed away the games uh for contact you know touching and everything like that but uh yep. yeah we're a very family friendly tap room i mean my wife and i we've got two kids eight and twelve so our kids are more of us more soda connoisseurs than than uh most people are yeah there no, you I go mean, as any young children are now i not to uh, off-ramp this conversation a little bit, but I think something to me that is just pressing to my brain a little bit right now. So we have we, we talked to a lot of brewers, and they're in that very uh, like artisanal state of mind. I'm sure you know the type where it uh, almost like modern day like hippie almost a little bit, you know, like modern day or like artists or something. But when, they're about the f- more about the fruit, less about the science, maybe. Yeah, yeah, Do yeah. More bingo. way to put it. Yeah. yeah, and when I hear you explain your background, and even when I hear you speak, Patrick, I hear uh, a lot more of that. And correct me if I'm wrong. Like analytical science background. How has that lended itself? to your brewing process and just overall growing your brand as a whole. Feel free to take that in any direction you'd like. Uh, well, I'm, I'm kind of naturally pretty meticulous. So even brewing on a super small scale, just like a, a overgrown homebrew system, um, note taking was a must and keeping track of everything, you know, trying to be as repeatable as possible. Important. Um, yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, if somebody's drinking fence line, they want fence line. They don't want something that kind of tastes like fence line. They want, you know, they what, right. they know what they want. And the, my science background, it's like, I'm, I was always really analytical um, that way. And just to be able to repeat something and, and trying to figure out like what needs to be changed, what needs to be improved. Which is um, a big issue. That, repeating beer, not to cut you off, but like repeating beer and getting exact tastes. Like that, that can be a very big issue for a lot of breweries. Consistency is tough. Yeah. Well, and the, the kind of analytical side really kind of, I geeked out on, on the BJCP um, program. So it was a, oh, it was. Could you elaborate on that a little bit just for the viewers and myself? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, so the beer, the BJCP beer judge certification program um, is a, is a 
kind of geared towards home brewing and home brewing competitions. Uh, but they establish a whole series of guidelines um, as far as like beer styles go. Um, the, the World Beer Cup and the GABF are kind of modeled off of those as well. But the, the BJCP was the first one kind of on the, on the scene as far as going through that. And then there's a pretty intense uh, testing regimen to become a BJCP judge. Because beers are beers are judged um, on a homebrew level in a pretty pretty organized method on you know as far as like aroma appearance uh, mouthfeel flavor um, and kind of overall impression for beers and uh, so it's it's really organized there's I mean you can look it up bjcp.org um, check out the beer style guidelines uh, it's a very exciting read to dig through what what beers should and shouldn't be. Um, but going through that, you know, the testing is pretty intense. It was, you know, even some of my physics finals were, were nothing compared to a BJCP written test. It was wow. insane. You know, you, you have to off the cuff, you know, be able to produce a recipe for X beer and, you know, explain why that recipe fits that style. So it, it's, wow. just, it's a, it was, it was a fun test and kind of my science and analytical side really got into it as far as like really delving into you know what what makes beer beer and what makes different styles different mm -hmm. you know from each other so um yeah so that really helped me out and not that i'm a stylistic nazi i mean we we've got a jalapeno cream ale for god's sakes um but uh and i love it it is yeah. a great beer yeah but it's always been about you know the analytical side too it's like it's always been about balanced you know we we've got some pretty far out beers um and we're trying to push the envelope a little bit on that but at the end you know like this we're drinking the coffee duck pond i want it to taste like a beer with coffee you know it has to be kind of in balance and right. and that was kind of my goal with this one so well i think you nailed it on this one i mean that this tastes just like it if i had to sum it up in two words coffee ale really man this, this is fantastic it's so tasty um i can think of one other coffee blondale off the top of my head which is good but if i saw these two side by side and i had to pick one i'm picking this one this yeah. is fantastic no it's it's solid it's a standout um the coffee flavors just really they, they punch you it's right right in the throat there it's, yeah. it's definitely pronounced i mean it's it's right there on the nose um i think the, the original duck pond has hints of coffee it's it's like barely there so this one's definitely like scaled up because of the cold press coffee super light bodied to ease like very drinkable i i feel like i could you know if i'm out there having a session i'm gonna have you know six of these easily by myself like this is what you could have yeah absolutely the coffee might get you a little bit i i'm a bit of a coffee fanatic i would consider okay. myself having a severe caffeine addiction so We'll just put oh, that yeah. out in the space. Give the regular duck pond a try too. Mix it up a little bit so you're not yeah. overloaded with the caffeine. So I, I know yeah. it's at my store, so I'm, I might have to do a little side by side comparison. But uh, well, and duck duck pond itself is that's our like our number two beer. So if fence line's thirty percent of what we make, uh, duck pond's twenty percent. So it's it's up there. It's a staple for us. And I love a good brown ale. Well, last or while we're dip, or, uh, drinking our last little bit of this. Um, Something we like to do on this show, Patrick, in our final segment is introduce our Suds Buds flagship questions. Um, much like a brewery has flagship beers on tap, 
we have three flagship questions on tap that we like to ask all of our guests. Um, so we'll go in alternating order this time around. I'll kick it off. Um, Patrick Sumbrig, what is your favorite guilty pleasure beer? Shell's Deer Brand, hand down, hands down. I, I love it. That's that's a good choice. We have not heard that one yet on this yeah. episode, but I feel like Shell's is a slept-on brand in like the world of well, in in Minnesota craft beer. I feel like they're kind of in that same conversation as like Summit, where they've been around so long that people tend to think about the the new guys, you yeah. know, the the new the new brands, and sometimes Who's doing forget- the experimental stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Shells makes one of the best, if not the best, Pilsner in the state, in my opinion. Yeah. And I'm I'm happy to hear that uh, they're getting some love from from another Minnesota brewer. Yeah, somebody be yeah, if I if I can find Deer Brand and Pounders, oh, that's great. <laughs> that's great. They make um, Deer Brand and Pounders. They they have. I don't know if they still do. They, they I mean, this was a couple years ago when I could find them. But they, that's crazy. I didn't even know that. That's amazing. Um, yeah, Shells is doing some amazing stuff. Um, I think they kind of had a maybe some dark ages in there where their beer wasn't that great. But uh, uh, the stuff that Jason's doing over there, I, he's just with the Star Keller, the Berliner Vice series, and just some of their new things that are coming out. It's just the, um, just the, it's just amazing. Like their, yeah, the Keller Pills. Was that your your favorite? Yeah, film? yeah, I I love the Keller. Yeah, it's just they make some great stuff and Firebrick for a. If you're looking for a year-round Oktoberfest style type thing, Firebrick, top notch. Real tasty stuff. Right on. So for our second question, so Patrick, I think we all we all have fond memories, right? I'm sure we can all remember coming home when we were a little kid, and you can open the front door and you can just smell mom's fresh baked goods whether it be cookies or brownies or maybe even your father's fresh grilling food we've got some steaks some hamburgers and some brats on the grill i would like to know and we all have fond memories of that i would love to know what is your favorite beer memory uh the one i remember the one i don't Ooh, that's a fair <laughs> question. I'm sure there's a few. That's a fair answer too. Yeah. The best times are the ones I don't remember. Um, you know, there's so many because it, I've, I've done so many different things, found so many different beers at random. Um, and boy, some of our, some of our early beer festivals, um, more so just attending than, uh, um, pouring behind the behind the tent. It's, it's, it's fun pouring behind the, behind the table but uh you're telling me i've done a lot of it yeah you, you know what i think uh other than just like straight up brewery hopping with my wife um you know our favorite getaway from the kids is uh exploring new tap rooms nice um, i mean that's that's always great fun um some of our first uh like my first uh, abr uh, i don't remember what year it was it was probably like 2009 abr is a good time um that was that was a blast, and it was on the old grain belt facility um, in the parking lot there. Um, that that was a great time. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't have any specifics. Um, probably a conversation for a few more pints. Um, there we go. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think a beer in itself is just an all-around good memory inducer or lack thereof. 
a good experience. A yeah. good experience, yeah. yeah. Brings um, people together. Good energies. Oh, for sure. Actually, that's one of our, our taglines at, at, at the brewery, just kind of internally. Um, you know, we, we make beer, but our main goal is to bring people together. And, uh, you know, that's it, whether it's through beer and easy drinking beer. Um, I mean, both of you guys pretty much plowed through that fence line without too much thought. And so easy. Trying, so yeah, easy. Trying, sitting down and talking to somebody, getting lost in a conversation over something that has nothing to do with the beer. Yeah. Um, I mean, I like eking out a beer you know, as well, but it's like just having, having something, have an excuse to talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, for that reason, we don't have, we don't have TVs in our tap room. No, no live TVs. No Good on Very you. cool. Good on you. Um, nothing. I got harassed for about, oh, about three months by some of our, our new regulars. Uh, when we first opened up, it's like, oh, you need the game on, you need that. And then they figured out, it's like, you know what? It's actually kind of cool just to talk to the people that are here. Yeah. Um, and it's like, it just clicked. and and haven't been asked since then so yeah not to get like too meta and too in-depth into you know futuristic stuff but I, I think as a human race and as we're evolving i think that is something that we're starting to lose just a little bit unfortunately is that person-to-person contact we're all so busy we're all so on the move all the time i know for myself it's like I barely have time to go home and enjoy dinner sometimes because I'm so busy. And, you know, I really, really love those moments where I can just sit down much like we're doing right now and just talk to another human, somebody I've never met before in my entire life and sit down and have a real legitimate conversation with them. And that I think that's getting lost and it's good to have a, a place for that to still happen. I agree. Oh, I think you're going to find that, um, when things go back to more of a pre-COVID normal, um, I think you're going to see a resurgence of that. People realizing, like, hey, I actually want to go talk to someone for a half an hour right. and, and actually have a conversation. So. Man, I sure hope so. It's, yeah. it's something to look forward to for sure. Yeah. Well, um, to me, it's all about this. Like, this is what matters to me. It's humans. It's the, it's the, it's the love between us. On, like, that is, that's what's most important to me, and I hope we never lose that. When yeah. we inevitably become robots set the phone aside for a minute like shut off the tv and yeah just have a conversation with someone it's important and like we're doing tonight we we really get to learn about someone that i'd never met before 7 p.m tonight so you it's, just checked it's been, your non-existent watch my non-existent watch yeah it's uh it's been pretty great man um well i guess our final question patrick before we get to the review on this coffee duck pond brown ale um when you're not working with beer, what are you up to? What are you doing? He's in a hair metal band. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the for the for the listeners at home. I, I'm pretty much a I'm sporting a summer buzz cut. Um, you know what? I'm just uh, I'm hanging out with the kids. Um, you know, you know, after seven years of building the brewery, um, and too many nights and weekends uh, spent, you know, either working on a project, doing this and that. Um, the last couple of years, um, of course, COVID's thrown a whole clinker into that. Um, but, uh, we've gotten the kids out camping. Uh, we bought a pop-up and, uh, we took them out camping. I did a decent amount of camping when I was younger. Um, my wife and I did tent camping, you know, before kids. And so we've gotten out and do, you know, we've done a lot of that. Um, and that's kind of basically our summers. We, we book out our summer vacations, you know, one weekend at a time doing, you know, camping like every, every three weeks or something like that. So that's, 
that's you know one of the main things that that we do making other memories that, yeah other other than that i'm i'm kind of a perpetual tinker so i'm i'm playing with stuff i'm doing landscaping at the house i'm i'm fixing this i'm fixing that i'm you know if i can spend time out in the garage you know either tearing something apart or trying to put it back together that's that's what i do i, I enjoy that i wish my brain worked like yours if something if somebody opens up the hatch on something and i see the guts of what is a machine I just look at it and throw my hands up and say, I need to call somebody for this. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. It's uh it's also a curse too, because it'd be kind of nice to be like, yep, nope, don't want to touch that. I, there's, there's been a number of things at the brewery. Um, I barely know how to run our point of sale system and I want to keep it that way because it's like, nope, I, I got, I, I got some great people that can handle that stuff and I, I don't want to touch it. So. And then you can focus on your world. Right. Right. I love it. Making the juice. So I also like to get out on the mountain bike from time to time. Uh, I, I did buy go. a fat bike and try to get make it take advantage of some of the winter trails up here. So yeah, if if you haven't, if you're uh, if you're a mountain biker and haven't been up to Cayuna yet, um, go check it out. They've got some amazing single track up here. Very right cool. Yeah, we know a lot of people that. Uh, well, I shouldn't say a lot of people. A fair amount of people that like to hit the uh, Elm Creek bike trails around down here in the metro area and. Supposedly, the mountain bike trails are phenomenal. Yeah, I know a few that Lebanon Hills a lot. And then also the Brewers. I know Ben and Landis at Baldman have both been up to uh, Cuyuna before. So, yeah, heard good things. I'm not a mountain biker myself, but never say never. I'm a cyclist, so maybe I'll get into it one of these days. Well, Who come knows? Up hit, come up and hit the Paul Bunyan Trail then. Yeah, and, and get some fantastic Jack Pine beers while I'm doing it. Yep, for sure. Awesome. Well, before we let you off the hook, we got to get our reviews in. Dustin, what are you giving the coffee, Duck Pond, Brown Ale? This is a lot of what I was not expecting. It, I think it's my own personal bias, but when I see Brown Ale, I, I tend to think like heavier bodied, like very malty sort. And, uh, this was refreshing to see a take on something that I already knew and then have me still enjoy it. Um, it's very light bodied, but still very flavor packed. Like a lot of coffee, a lot of roast, but still very light and easily drinkable. Um, I would easily pick up, you guys sold six packs, correct? You're not in four packs. Uh, yeah, we, we just do 12 ounce. So six packs, uh, we've got like the vengeance is in a four pack, but everything okay. else we do is in a, a six pack. Just wanted to clear that up. Um, I would easily buy this, you know, especially oh, yeah. for somebody who I know is a huge coffee lover. Uh, I, this would be one of my first picks. I don't know of another beer that would beat this out in all honesty. No, this is like a Sunday breakfast beer during sports season when that used to be a Easily. thing. Remember remember sports season, Patrick? Yeah, remember when sports I, happened? I, I was a math and physics major, so no. <laughs> I, don't I don't remember sports season. Asking the wrong guy. Very fair. No, but there's there's 100% a, a time and place for this beer. It's delicious. Um, yeah. I I think I got to give this one a 4-4. Four, four. A 4-4. Four, I four. generally... Genuinely, have loved all three of the beers that we have had on tap. Not on tap, out of can, and all three of them have their own 
time and place to when I would want to drink them. And that's regularly. Yeah, man. I mean, this is, I think this is going to end up closing as a real strong episode. Um, as far as reviews go, I, I'm really digging this kind of just to, to, to go on what you said. It's definitely lighter in body from the brown eels that I'm more used to and, and not as, as rich either. Not as like sweet. I like that you gave me that, that roastiness and that little bit of bitterness that comes with a coffee bean without like also giving me like cocoa or sugar or something like that. So for that reason alone, that it's just a nice light bodied brown ale with a nice punch of black coffee. I'm giving it a 4.8. Like this is a delicious beer. Find it while you can. Yeah. It's, we did a kind of a one and done on that one. Uh, it'll be back. I'm sure. Um, yeah, you, both you guys talk about like the big, more of a rich, more of a substantial brown ale, and that like we, leads right into you know, like the style of like American brown ale. Those are usually pretty hefty. Um, can be hoppy, might not be. Um, I'm leaning more towards like an English brown. Um, very easy drinking. Um, think of like a Newcastle if it didn't travel across the across the ocean. You know, just fresh at the pub. Uh, that's what I was shooting for on this one. I give it a four one because the original is so much better in my opinion than the coffee version. Um, I do like the coffee and how it, how it plays, plays off of each other. Um, but yeah, I'm going to throw a four one at it because I, I prefer the original so much better. Well, if anything, you just made a sale. You just made me want to go out and get the original now. I was going to say two things. I, I, I think I appreciate you not being biased towards your own children and giving them auto fives. And I think this might be the first episode ever where the Suds Buds gave higher reviews than the Brewers did. Ooh, it on might the beers. be. It might be. Well, I'm just it, really tough. Now, if this was our experimental IPA that we've got on tap right now, uh-oh. Hands down 5.0. Experiment? Are we dropping It's almost gone. No, it's we we do a tap room only series um just experimental IPA um usually floats around 7.2 and we use all the cool kid hops and all the fun stuff is this um, break and bruise is this new knowledge to the beer world no not really i mean we're on number 17 already so it's not Ooh, okay we're late, we're late. um but we try to i mean because we don't you know because fence line's not terribly aggressive uh we do right. have a lone, lone wolf ipa out there um that's a little bit more of a you know, it's lighter bodied. We use Pilsner malt, so it's it's kind of light bodied, but it's pretty hoppy and aggressive. Right on. And, but that's still only, I think it weighs in at about 6%. Uh, and then we we do just a taproom only rotation, uh, experimental IPA. Uh, we've played around a lot with that. Um, and But that's like a 7.2, fairly aggressive IPA, um, taproom only. So we've that, that's something fun we, we do here, um, mainly because I like to drink them. So we, uh, there you go understandably so well it's been a blast talking to you uh, tonight man uh yeah is there anything upcoming that you would see that the the viewers should know this the the public should know what what's going on in the future for jack pine my friend oh you know what we just we play around with a lot of different things um you know our tap room selection i think i mentioned earlier i think we're down to like 16 beers on tap which is pretty thin for us um, we do have, we're bringing in an English strain of yeast, uh, you know, to kind of branch out a little bit. Uh, we've got a, just a pretty mild mannered pale ale. 
um, brewed with the English train. Uh, next one up is going to be an oatmeal stout. I want to try to keep this thing going because it is one of the most popular strains for making a hazy IPA. And uh, we just get so many requests in the tap room. Um, and we've tried a few attempts at it with our house strain and just haven't been thrilled with it. Um, so we're going to try to branch out and and throw a hazy on for the tap room uh, once in a while. But keep, you know, just use that English strain. There's so much you can do with a different yeast strain that kicks off so much different flavor. And it's just, we want to kind of explore that a little bit and have probably three or four beers on tap that have that yeast strain um, featured. So, Well, hey, man, I... I think we would love to, if you're looking to improve upon the hazy game a little bit, I think Eric and I would love to put you in contact with somebody that could potentially, you could bounce some ideas off. Yeah. We, I mean, we've been, I've been all over the place on that one. And a lot of it was just, you know, because we are seasonal up here. So trying to keep another yeast strain alive in the winter is, is challenging for us. Right, um, sure. And I kind of want to, you know, be, me being the science major, I kind of want to be fairly efficient. You know, I don't want to buy a fresh pitch of yeast every, every batch we run. Um, so we've been playing around and finally we got to a point where it's like, okay, let's just, we're just going to try to do this right. Um, it'll probably just be a tap room only type of thing for a while until we're really, really thrilled with it. Um, just like our, the, the, Coffee Duck Pond was a taproom approved series. Um, we've, uh, we're kind of launching that. Um, I guess the next, next newest thing that, that we've kind of proved out in the taproom would be our pastry sours. Um, we've done the, the blueberry and we've already tested out a key lime and a lemon meringue version of those. Um, as soon as we kind of figure out our whole label situation, um, we're gonna have those coming down the line too. So those will be kind of a limited release, kind of one and done. Um, we'll bring them back um, as we need to, but those will be coming down the line here in the next couple months. Well, any sour you got releasing, you just shoot us an email and I'll buy them out. Don't you worry. All right. Sounds good. Very cool. Well, Jack Pine Brewing out of Baxter, Minnesota, a brewery that deserves a road trip from the Suds Buds and to any listeners, if you're in the Brainerd Lakes area, be sure to go grab yourself a cold pine. If you're in America go drive out there. They deserve it. <laughs> Could to set up better. Great review from Dustin. Uh, we got to talk to Patrick Sumberg today, uh, head brewer, founder, owner, uh, graphic designer, father, just all around wizard, all around cool guy. Um, yeah, Jack of all trades, master of none. So we'll, we'll uh, take that. There we go. Well, thanks again for joining us on this episode of Suds Buds and we will catch you next time. Cheers.
Bye.